This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I don't know about you, but our God's always up to something good. And so you might as well start believing that and start saying that and start expecting that. Our God is always up to something good. Let that roll around in you a little bit. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 3 tonight. This is where we ended last week. Again, we're talking about areas of faith. One is our mouths. You know, in Romans 10, it says you've got to get the Word of God in your mouth. Get the Word in your mouth. And we've hit this over and over for several weeks. We'll probably go a couple more weeks. Some of the reminders of the Word we've taught here is Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life are the power of my tongue. And so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Part of salvation, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, is I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart. So the same way that you give your heart to Jesus, you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, and you believe your heart, that is the exact same way the Word of God works. So again, for the Word of God to come alive, speak it. Speak the Word of God. Now, if you were here last week, in James 3, specifically verses 2 and 3, We talked about this years for a little bit, but it says, The person that does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So we got over in that. And I I, I can't stumble in word. I got to be very careful with my words. I've got to measure my words. And then we begin with one of three analogies that James gives us, and we'll hit the other two tonight. But the first one in verse 3 You remember he said, in order to train a horse to obey or the direction you want that horse to go in, you put this little bit in his mouth or this little piece of metal in his mouth called a bit. And the analogy was, as that little bit in his mouth, it directed him and it taught him how to obey, that's the same with me and you. That becomes the analogy. And so again, we ended this with last week with the very thought, you want to learn to obey? Watch what comes out of your mouth. You don't like the direction your life's going in? Watch what comes out of your mouth. So we pick up here tonight in in James 3, verse 4. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds... They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now, this is another word picture I believe he's given us. And he talks about these big ships. And he said the very thing that that guides these ships, even in fierce wind, is a little thing called a rudder. So I begin to look up things just to give you a, a little bit more advice on this and give you a little picture of this. The Titanic was 882 feet long, 11 stories high, and the rudder that guided that floating hotel was 79 feet long. So when we look at this, or 78 feet long, in proportion, the rudder in proportion compared to the rest of the ship was really, really small. So he's beginning to paint a picture in his here again that the tongue is disproportionately small 
compared to the rest of your body. But he gives us some insight about this thing called the rudder. And he said that rudder is what actually is going to direct the ship. And so if you look what he says here, it's a very small rudder and it goes wherever the pilot desires. So the rudder follows after what the pilot desires. And so the rudder literally takes orders from the pilot. Now he's trying to help us here. Your tongue takes orders from you, whether you like to believe that or not. And so this thing called the rudder is guiding this ship. Now I want you to think about this for a little bit. That rudder guides that ship, even when it's calm. It's still got to be told which direction to go. It's on a course. I've never been on a cruise ship, but how would you like to think if you asked the captain of the cruise ship, where are we headed today? And he looked at you and said, I don't know. Because wherever it wants to take us, you'd slap him or throw him overboard. You were saying, I paid to go here. So even that rudder is directing in the calm. It directs in the wind. It directs when the sea is choppy. It directs when, when it's a hurricane season. So literally stating here, he, he said this specifically. He said, even when it's driven by fierce winds, still that, that rudder is directing that ship by the order of the pilot. So as I looked at this, I had this thought. Could one of the reasons your life capsized in the storms of life, could it be because the very words that were coming out of your mouth this is what he's telling us. In other words, your mouth wasn't pointing us in the right or pointing you in the right directions like he desired. Now think about this. Even in calm days, it's still got to be told what to do. So listen, this, this is what Paul is telling us. He's saying, if you can't learn to control your tongue, you won't control the direction you're going in. And whether we truly want to admit it to, or not. What I'm saying today is directing my tomorrow. This is what he's telling us. And so there's destiny in your words. He goes on to say, verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. Even though the tongue is a little member, man, it's got incredible power. And it's got credible influence in proportion to the rest of your body. So I'm thumbing through here and I'm looking at this verse right here. And I catch a cross reference on it. So I want you to hold your finger right there. Go with me to the 12th Psalm. Psalm 12. And this was where this took exactly off what he just said about the tongue. Now, in Psalm chapter 12, and I'm going to go right back to James 3 right after this. Psalms 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for the godly or the principal man ceases. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly. Words without use is what that word idly there means. Everyone with his neighbor... With his flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. 
Now think about a double heart. He says the things of God are one day, but he says the other things the next day. He goes on to say, May the Lord cut off, destroy all the flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, With our tongues we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? So the godly men here he's talking about, they cease to be godly when I begin to engage in speech that is insincere and arrogant. It's amazing what this passage begins to talk about. And everything that he's pointing at, it talks about the ability of your tongue. He goes on to say, For the oppression of the poor, for the sign of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. So what he's saying here, as for God, his way is perfect. So it says here, and you can go back to James 3, he said here, the words of the Lord are pure. So what would begin to happen if I begin to speak the word of God out of my mouth? If I would discipline my tongue and speak the word of God out of my mouth. So we go back to James 5 and listen to what he says. Even so the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So James right here, he compares the power and the ability of my tongue of that of a small or a tiny spark. Now, if you look at just a little spark, you would thought, man, that thing couldn't do much good. But throughout this past summer, we saw wildfires all over the place. You begin to see right there what he's talking about. Just that little, little bitty spark has the ability to cause a whole forest to go up in flames. Powerful when you look at it in that sense. So he says this also, that the tongue is a little member, but it's got great influence. Great, great influence. So we keep reading. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. This is verse 6. And the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now think about that just for a second. This little thing in every one of our mouths, the tongue. He said it has the ability to defile our whole body. That word uh, defile means to contaminate. So guess what he's warning us? Out of your own mouth, you have the, de- the ability to defile your own body. This is what he's talking about. And he goes on, and let me read it again. And that he defiles the whole body and he sets on fire the course of nature. The message says, by our speech, we can ruin the world. And so when he talks about this, the whole body with our mouth, a lot of times we think of that or we speak things without even thinking about what we're going to say. We just blab it, blab it, blab it, without even a thought. And this is what he's getting over to. And he ends this verse right here and he says, And it, the tongue, 
is set on fire by hell. And so literally it's ignited by hell. And so the cycle of man's nature will follow the path of his tongue. Oftentimes I've looked at this and and I thought, that can't be true. But when you look at everything he's talking about, just that little spark has the debility to ruin and to devastate. So I begin to look at this. What he's talking about, this little fire has the ability to set on fire the whole course of nature. They say for a forest fire that's been burned down, it'll take up to 11 years for it to start growing back. And it's interesting to me that James uses this analogy in here to us to say, you got to watch what comes out of your mouth you got to pay attention. So he gives the three analogies, and I encourage you to look at those. The bit, the rudder, and the little spark. And he shows in every one of those how the tongue is disproportionately uh, uh, powerful compared to the rest of our body. Keep reading, verse 7. We're going to take a little bit more of it. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea and is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Now think about everything he's talking about. We see lions in circuses. I mean, when I look at each thing, the next thing he said, the bird, we tame, we tame birds. How many of you ever had a parrot talk to you? Yeah. And then he goes on and he used the next one in reptiles. I've seen alligators at, at Uh, different amusement parks or theme parks like that. He goes on to say also, and and reptiles and creatures of the sea. How many have ever been to SeaWorld and see the dolphins, to see the great whites? So again, this is what he's talking about. We have the ability to to train all these different uh, animals. But look what he says here. But no man can tame the tongue. It, the tongue, is unruly evil. Now, he didn't just say evil. He said unruly evil. So I go and I start looking up the word unruly there, and it says it's not subject to rule. It's disobedient. It cannot be restrained or it's undisciplined. So when you think of these terms, every one of us in here, we got a real problem because guess what's running around your house? Running around your house right now, is this unruly tongue. And so again, he gives us the the information here, you're going to have to watch what you say. Now he said it's untamable by man, but he didn't say it was untamable with God. God will help us, God will grace us. God created us this way. Thank God he didn't create us with two mouths and one ear. We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Now look what he goes on to say in that verse. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of a deadly poison. Full of a deadly poison. Now it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. But I think of the terms there, a deadly poison. How many of us in this room 
would allow our children to play with a rattlesnake. If you would, we probably need to lock you up, okay? But again, you think about that. We wouldn't allow our kids around anything that has a deadly poison. We'd do everything we can to protect it. But yet again, what in light of our tongue again? The power of the tongue, the destruction with our tongue, if I don't control it. So, we're looking at this passage right here. And turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 3, because this is where this verse cross-references the two. So I want to hit this just for a few more minutes tonight. Romans chapter 3. It's amazing how God blesses us with our tongue. The power and ability. You know what? Every one of us in here that's been born again very long, we know the power of the name of Jesus, but the name of Jesus won't benefit you unless you speak it. In Jesus' name. Every one of us in here who have been a Christian very long, we know the power in prayer, but prayer will not benefit me one bit unless I speak, unless I ask. The way I speak and I ask is, is formed through words, okay? So again, he, he reveals to us over and over the power of our words. So we begin here in Romans 3. Pick up with me in verse number 4. Verse 9, I knew I was wrong. What then, are we better than they? Not at all. For we have privileged ye charged, both Jews and Greeks, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside, and they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. So really what he's saying here, every one of us are guilty. We're all guilty of sin. Verse 13, and this is where that verse was cross-referenced to. Their throat is an open tomb. Their throat is an open grave. So when I think of a throat or a tomb or a grave, what comes to your mind? It's dead. It's decayed. So this is what he's describing. Within my throat, or these people's throat that he's talking about, is nothing but death. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. They are skilled at lying, and because of it, they're extremely deceived and misled. The poison of asps is under their lips. Now that word asps there literally means vipers. So again, he, he gives us this analogy. He said, their, 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 their poison of vipers is under their lips. So he's telling us, he's identifying part of the problem is the words that we allow to come out of our mouth. The words on a daily basis that we speak. Verse 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Every one of us in this room, we have a tongue. We have a voice. And with our tongue and our voice, we're either blessing or we're cursing. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. One or the other. Now, when I talk about the word bless and I talk about the word a curse, those are totally opposite of each other. The exact opposite. So he said, out of your mouth 
You curse. So we look at that word and we have the thought of curse words. And it, it can be under the word curse word. But I go back to the book of, of Mark chapter 11. And many of you will remember this story when I start telling it. Jesus is coming out of a city called Bethany. And from a distance he sees a fig tree. And the closer he gets to it, he realizes there's no fruit on it. So the Bible says that when Jesus got to the, the fig tree, he cursed it. Mark eleven fourteen. 14. Few, few verses down, the next morning or the next day, they're coming by the tree, Mark eleven twenty one. 21. And the apostle Peter looks at him and says, Lord, the tree you cursed has withered. So when we look at that word cursed there, Jesus didn't look at that tree and say, you blankety-blank tree. That wasn't what he did. So we go now and we look up the word curse that me and you, we have that proceed out of our mouth a lot, often. So I look up the word curse, and one of the meanings of the word curse, it means to cause ruin. To no value. Another form of that word curse is the word we get called damnation. The word damnation literally means eternal punishment. The worst thing that could ever happen to a human being would be eternal damnation. So from the root word damnation is where we get the root, damn, the root word damn. Now don't freak out on me, okay? I know I'm in church. I'm going to make a point here. That's why I'm saying it. We look at that root word damn, and anytime we use that word damn in any content or context, it would literally mean that you are speaking ruin or of no value to something. So when Jesus cursed that tree, he said to it, ruin, it's ruined. So literally when we go back and look at that, Jesus was giving me and you a picture of just how powerful your words are. Because in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, Whosoever will say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he'll have whatever he saith. So again, he was telling us, the negative side of the tongue, but also the positive side. So, when I begin to look at the root word for damnation, the word damn, let me ask you something. Are there things or people in your life right now that you're damning? Let me help you. How many of you, without ever thinking, have said that toward your kids? That damn boy. I'm speaking ruin. I'm speaking no value. How many of you have ever said that over your marriage? Here's a good one. How many of you have ever said that over your job or your boss? So again, what he's beginning to clarify to us is how significant your words are. And so many times, we've said those things about a child. We've said those things about a spouse. We didn't mean it, but we went ahead and said it. 
And so again, when I go back to the analogy of what James says, you begin to see once those words go out, I cannot change them. So that back in one of the cross-references there in James, it took us to, to Matthew 12, 36. We were there a few weeks ago, and it specifically says, for every idle word that you speak on the day of judgment, you're going to give an account. The word idle there again means non-operative word. And so when I speak a non-operative word, you know what I've said? It doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something. Here's a little thing that, that I'm guilty, and the reason I'm going to share it with you, because I've been guilty this a couple of years back, years back. And this may help you a little bit. Sometimes you get in situations that you look and you think it's a no-win situation. And so I used to say this, well, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. And I heard the Lord say to me one day, he said, don't ever say that again. I'm ruined if I do, and I'm ruined if I don't. So what begins to happen here is we begin to see the power, the significance of my words. So something happens when I begin to imitate Father God. And if we went back to Genesis 1, and God said, and God said, let there be light. And so when God spoke, God spoke it exactly as he desired to receive it. God didn't say, and let there be light, and he crossed his fingers. Ten times, and God said, and God said, and God said. And so we're to be imitators of God. We're created in his likeness and image. So if I'm created in his likeness, I'm saying, Father God, grace me to speak your word. Grace me, Father God, to put a guard over my tongue. Grace me, Father God, that I don't say anything that, that goes totally against what your word says. I'm going to tell you right now, it's work. It's very easy in this world when something happens where you just jump in there and start yakking. Well, the word of God never works. We're always broke. Remember, I said this a couple weeks ago, and this is what I'll end with. And, and I said it's, it's hard work to, to train the tongue. Two things. One, me and Shelly made a pact 30 plus years ago. That if either one of us ever say anything negative or doesn't agree with the word of God, the other one has the, the, the power to correct us. And you've heard me say this, I hated it. Because for every one time I got to correct her, she'd correct me at least ten. And she would look at me and she'd say, is that what you're believing? I'd say, no. But it began to get me conscious of my words. And then a couple of years ago, the Lord said this. He said, after everything you say, hashtag it with them. That's exactly how I want it to be. You talking about changing me. Have you got it perfected, Pastor Crud? No, but I'm working in that direction. So let me give you an illustration. We're always broke. That's just the way I want it to be. We never have any money, and that's just the way I want it to be. You know what? It's getting winter season, and there's going to be the flu. There's going to be the Hong Kong flu. There's going to be the Chinese flu. 
There's going to be the Japanese flu. There's going to be the Brazilian flu. And guess what? And everybody in my family is going to get it. And that's just the way I want it to be. Me and my wife, all we do is we fight like cats and dogs. You know what? That's the way I want it to be. Pat yourself on the back. See, again, we say little things, we do little things, and we don't even think. And it just starts, it becomes a pattern. But what would I happen if I would begin to say the word of God? Woo, Father God, I love my wife like Christ loved the church. That's Ephesians 5. What would happen if I started saying, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I, I, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4. What would happen if I begin to confess the blessings of God? Woo, I prosper and be in health as the Lord wants me to prosper. 3 John 2. What would happen if I begin to speak by the stripes of Jesus? I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. Isaiah 53, 5. That's Matthew 8, 17. What would happen if I said this? Woo, the Lord blesses me and he favors me. Psalm 512. That's where that's at. What would happen if I begin to say, he gives me sweet and beloved, he gives me sweet and peaceful sleep? Psalms 127.2. So all I'm doing, guys, is I'm getting my mouth in line with the Word of God. I don't have it figured out, guys. I'm telling you that right now. As far as perfecting it. I'm moving in that direction. I say to the Lord, grace my tongue, Lord. Grace my tongue. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.